Welcome to There is an Angel for That. Over the next hour, Yvonne Cote and Carolyn Dickinson will help encourage you to explore your spiritual side to achieve transformation by delving into the spirit realm of angels and archangels. Now, here is Yvonne. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to our show, There is an Angel for That. My name is Yvonne Cote. I am your host. As well, joining me is my amazing co-host, Caroline Dickinson. Hey, Caroline, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Glad to be here. And you know what? Favorite time of year for me, have to say that. Me too. It's still a little warm outside here, but oh, oh my gosh beautiful. The leaves are back on the trees again. I took a walk this morning. It was like this canopy of trees kind of bending over and I was walking underneath them. I was like, oh my gosh, it's just so incredibly beautiful today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so today we have an exciting show ahead of us and we have a special guest joining us. So Caroline, would you like to do the honors in introducing her in? I would love to. So excited to have Dana joining us today. Dana Michelli is a ghostwriter and editor, and Yvonne and I's incredibly good friend that we've known for some time. But as we talk about, we don't know her because we've practiced together, so we don't know personal things about her. So this is our opportunity to get to ask all those deep probing questions. And I see her getting nervous even as I say that. So we have, she has written and edited books across several genres, including my fiction book, and she's an amazing editor and writer, including memoirs, business and legal matters, science fiction, fantasy, romance, and crime. Most of her projects, however, however, fall along the spiritual spectrum, helping mediums, healers, and other change makers share their messages of transformation and hope with the world. Dana is also a psychic medium who connects people with their loved ones in spirit to provide information pertinent to their lives. Before pursuing her writing full-time, Dana served as a lobbyist on behalf of the Arizona Coalition Against Mectus Violence and as the manager of public relations and communications for the New York Women's Foundation. Dana has a BA in English from Southern Connecticut University and a Juris Doctorate from New York Law School. She lives in New York City. Welcome, Dana. Thanks, guys. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yes, welcome so to the show. To t- Thank you. Thank you. Dana, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into writing and where do you think that came from? And just kind of give us a little bit of your history about writing. Sure. Um it's, it, all, it all started with my mom. I was a little kid. My mother was an avid reader. And even before I was old enough to read, she would tell me, wait till you can read. You're going to love it. And she just, it was something she said to me all the time. And she got me very excited about words and storytelling. And um, I also remember going to see her grandmother, um, my great-grandmother, obviously, in her apartment in New York and we would I would sit on her lap and I would tell her stories and she would just get so excited and I just remember making up stories to her and telling her stories and she was um she just loved to hear them so I got like positive feedback from her and it just segued into writing when I got to school and my teachers were just incredibly supportive um and just nurtured that 
Um, I actually got off track a little bit going to law school and getting, you know, my head involved in what I should do and shouldn't do, and then circled back to writing later on. So it all kind of worked out in the end. So what was, what happened to you when you were getting your Juris Doctorate? What happened with that? I had a lot of fun. I'll tell you that much. Um, well, I, I, it, 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 I always did love the law and that was always an interest of mine as well. So it wasn't at a left field. And plus, you know, lawyers, they use language. I mean, that's very much, mm-hmm. that's their tool. Um, so it's critical thinking, but it's the use of words. And, and that still fascinates me to this day. So it wasn't completely crazy, but um, I, it was an extension of college in a lot of ways. So I just, I made great friends and I'm still friends with today. Um, but we spent a lot of time standing outside smoking cigarettes and talking about <laughs> stuff other than the law. <laughs> we, had, we had a great time. I could see where I could see where lawyers use words because they do that like in opening statements. You see it on TV. Is it very much like that where you're creating a story, whether you're for or against that person, right or wrong, guilt or innocence? Yeah, it's interesting because like definitely, you definitely have to suspend. This is a problem I had. You definitely have to suspend your own ethics. Because there's there's legal ethics. I'm making air quotes. I know I'm not on camera. I'm making air quotes. There's legal <laughs> ethics. Um, and it's basically like you have your ethics as a lawyer, or you, you have to be zealous in your advocacy for your client. And so even if that's not what is nice to the other party or whatever, you're bound, you're legally bound to do that. You can't, you'll be disbarred if you're not doing that for your client. So I mean, you can't like, you know, tell them to be, you know, have, you know, commit perjury and stuff, not like that, but you know, things that are in the gray area of just not being particularly kind. And, but I, I, you know, I'm being extreme here. There's plenty of lawyers that do amazing work. They do incredible stuff. Laws are changed because of what, you know, I mean, you know, they're, they're obviously amazing lawyers out there, but just the system itself, it's just, it's an adversarial system and it's just not, wasn't my constitution, you know? Right. Right. So how did you transition from that into mm-hmm. the writing world? It was not, it was no, it was not an easy transition. <laughs> um, so I went from law school to, I did work at a firm for a little bit, but then no, actually, wait a minute. I decided I wanted to live some sort of like bohemian lifestyle. This was my thing. I used that term. So I got a job, <laughs> my best friend and I got a job at um, a nightclub in the city in Manhattan and just did a completely different lifestyle. Working, going to work at 8 p.m. at night, getting off at like four in the morning, serving drinks. And that was my life for like a year. And I was like, okay, enough of this. Then I worked in a firm. And then it was like, I just bounced around. I went to Arizona for a year. I worked in the, you know, the domestic violence arena out there. And then I came back to New York and I fell into the writing by accident. I threw a woman that I met on Facebook who, mm-hmm. who turned out to be, she owned a company that did spiritual books. By so accident. Was, by accident. Right. I don't believe in <laughs> right? accidents, but it was, no. it, it was so, it was just crazy because first of all, I'm not really into social media. I'm hardly ever on Facebook. Um, but also because she randomly said to me, I'm not looking for anyone right now, but Hey, would you proofread my own book, my book? 
And that's not something I would normally say yes, but I did. From there, we had like a relationship and she sent me, you know, she sent me clients and stuff. And it kind of went from there. It really is. It's like anything else. It's about relationships that you build with publishers and authors and stuff. You just have to like, if you're committed to getting their book out there, you know, the best it can be, then, you know, you'll get, you'll get work. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love how that story happens because it's similar to mine. And I think that's the one thing when I talk to people and they say to me, Yvonne, how did you go from being in human resources to where you are now? Like, wow, that's such a jump. And I always say there's I like the synchronicity of how it happened for me turning on that TV and there she was, right? So it's really, I love that. I love when I hear those kind of stories because I truly believe in my heart of hearts that was, you know, the universe saying, okay, there's this path. And if you're not getting on it, we're going to keep kind of putting the things in front of you. So I just love when I hear that kind of thing, because that's, that's how I am where I am now. Yeah. I mean, just what I always look back on is a huge turning point is meeting Shonda who of Transcendent Publishing. She, I mean, literally the, the change that she's created in my life just by meeting her. So through Shonda, I met you, Carol Ann, because she published her book, Full Three yeah. Full Moons. And you, I met Yvonne and the rest of the group. And you told me about Andy Bing, who's now my mediumship teacher. I mean, you can't and, and the God knows how right? many people I've met through Andy. Right. You I mean, how does that even I mean that's mm-hmm. that's divine intervention that doesn't you can't orchestrate that. Like no. got a call from Shonda six years ago or whatever. Hey, I'm looking for an editor. Never in a million years dreaming, you know, that this would happen. And like made one of the periods of time in recent history with COVID and everything, an amazing time for me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. How so? I was, I was part of the group and I looked forward to that every other week. Mm-hmm. And then, and little by little started taking Andy's classes and made all these friends over Zoom so I didn't feel so isolated because, you know, nobody could see each other, do anything. I mean, I went, I don't know how many months I didn't even see my, my parents, mm-hmm. you know, my nieces, my brother, my sister-in-law, I didn't see any of them for months, months, mm-hmm. long time. But mm-hmm. I was able to interact, you know, with you guys. It was great. Right. Right. How, so many, oh, sorry. how many books do you think you've edited and or ghostwritten? Do you have any idea? Uh I just made a list for uh, somebody just asked me for a list of ghostwritten books. I think it's around 20. The editing's a lot more. Just I just do a lot more editing work. So I don't know. It's a lot more because I'm I'm doing this like, I don't know, 13 years, something wow. like that. That's yeah. a lot. It gets a little, my brain is a little fried sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a lot. I guess I have one question too. When you're talking about all of this, you've been here in law school and then you went to work at a farm and you went to, you know, all these fun things that you were doing in between during this time, did you know you were a psychic medium? Did you, were you able to, did you, did you have an inkling or I'm curious how, when the psychic medium piece came into you? So this, the psychic piece kind of, because I was always able to, always able to get a sense of people and kind of read them a little bit. Um, Not that people didn't slip through the cracks, but I remember like, 
I guess I, I, I guess kind of specifically men, maybe my radar is a little more like, you know, tuned when it comes in that way. But I remember getting certain vibes about people like they're safe to be around. They're not safe to be around. Mm-hmm. They're, they're full of it. They're honest to so something like that. So I, I knew I had that sort of a sensory thing, radar kind of thing, but and occasionally there were there were a couple of occasions where I got intuitive hits that turned out to be true and shocked me. And those both surrounded friends of mine having children. It was really weird because I don't have children. I'm not around children. Some reason those messages came in and I could not dispute them. Even in the moment, I couldn't talk myself out of the feeling. And then they both came to pass. One good, one not so good. But okay. um and then, but the mediumship, no. The, the mediumship, my, my grandmother, comes, she comes in all, all the time. Um, she was my first communicator. She was in my car. It was 30 years ago, something like that. I'm going to interrupt you, Dana. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue. Join angel medium and spiritual mentor Yvonne Cote, along with medium, counselor, and teacher Carolyn Dickinson as they explore the realm of spirits, angels, and archangels. This journey will have you open to new possibilities and encourage your own spiritual exploration so that you too can implement or build and strengthen your daily spiritual practices in order to achieve some form of transformation. There is an angel for that. Weekly episodes available on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to There is an Angel for That with Yvonne Cote and Carolyn Dickinson. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We're talking to the amazing Dana Michelli, and we're talking about her her mediumship journey, and you were talking about your grandmother. Yeah, so my my dad's mom, very strong person in life, very strong communicator in life. She said whatever she wanted to say, and she really didn't care um, how you took it, but it was always said with love. Um, she just was in my car one night, several years after she died. This was like 30, it was like 30 years ago. And I was driving to Boston, not thinking about her, just knew she was there, burst into tears. But because my family was so open to that, they were very open, especially my mom's, my mom was so open to the thought that relatives could pop into this world Mm -hmm. and say hello. And she actually felt her own dad in her car one day and just said, hi, dad. Like it was not a thing. So like in my head, it worked like double. It was like worked both ways. Like I was totally comfortable with it, thought it was great. But at the same time, didn't make mean it didn't mean to me that I was a medium. It just meant that some that's what they do. That's what relatives do. They come and they say hello. They look after you. And so it really wasn't until many years later, I was like, I would remember certain experiences, like I'd be meditating and I would feel her around me. But it really wasn't until I joined your group, Carol Ann. And I remember the day you, we t- spoke on the phone and you asked me to be part of the group. And I remember thinking, why is she asking me? I'm not, a, I, I can't do this. 
I thought you were being very kind. And I thought you were thinking, oh, maybe I have an interest in it. You would nurture that. But I never in a million years thought I had the, the ability to it, you know, to do it. And Andy, you know, says it all the time. Like, I can't convince you you're a medium. Right. <clears throat> and just yesterday, oh, my God, this is so funny. Just yesterday, I was listening to something. Somebody mentioned mediums. And I said, am I really a medium? Like, I don't know. I talk to people and they say, <laughs> they say I'm picking up on something, but what if it's not really, what if I'm not really communicating with their loved one? Maybe I'm just like getting something psychically off of the person. But you've had so, so many different instances where I've been with you when you've been working that there's no way that you could have known. And or also you've proven it to yourself over and over again, because mm-hmm you'll get something that your sitter didn't know. Then your sitter goes back and checks it out and goes, yep, I didn't know it, but this did happen. So there's no way that you could have gotten that from your sitter. That's happened a few times. That's true. That's, I mean, I cling to those. I cling to those. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, like Andy said one time to me, you, cause I was like, I got a, I had a great reading. I had a great practice with someone. And he's like, I said, I want to know what I'm doing different this time. And he goes, you didn't do anything different. He goes, sometimes spirit gives you a carrot and then they give you the <laughs> stick. Mm. Yep. And lo and behold, I think the next day I got the stick. Yeah. 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 And, that and it's, it does. And mediumship is an art and it's also technical. So having, but I think the biggest thing that all of us battle in our mediumship are, is ourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You guys agree with that? Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I can totally relate to what you're saying because I know I get those feelings sometimes too. Oh, God, I think I just made that up. I'm not sure. It doesn't feel right. And, but it's not, it's there. It's real. It's feeling. And, you know, Dana, we, you and I have been in, we're in this circle, we're in this practice group, and you've done readings. Psychically, you wouldn't have the stuff you've given about my dad psychically you wouldn't have picked that up on me because it's not something that would have been in my, you know, the interests and the hobbies that he had. So, you know, I know for a fact that you were connecting because the things you brought up aren't anything that I do on a day to day or I think about, or so, you know, and I love your dad. (laughs) Thanks. He's so amazing. I love him too. And he is around all the time, but you know, yes. I, I understand what you're saying. Cause I feel like I get that too. And sometimes I just like, ah, but you know, it's always, I, I think the hardest thing that I had to learn and I know Caroline and I've talked about this a lot is trust, yeah. trust, trust, trust what you get. Yep. And sometimes you get the most interesting thing pop in your mind. And it's like, Oh, I, 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 what's that? And, but you know what? And then those sometimes are the moments where you get the the validation that is like, oh my God, I'm so glad I said it because the person said, there's no way, there's no way you should have known that or known that word or known this or, and that's, you know, at the end of the day when I go, okay, phew. but it's trusting that in, you know, I don't know if I want to say that to them or what is this? Yes. It just sounded silly, <clears throat> but spirit gives you what they want to give you. And I think that person on the other end needed something from that. So Yeah. And I think that whether you've been doing mediumship for a day or you've been doing mediumship for a hundred years, the doubts are there 
And it's something that we all battle. So it doesn't mean that you're not a medium, just means that you have to trust that you are a medium and work towards that. And also some days are better than others. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. You two have both given me such incredible readings. And um, I don't know why, Caroline, but my relatives like to mess with you a bit. We know that they give, they, there's a particular great uncle (laughs) that Caroline's gotten several times. And he happens to be somebody that I don't know a lot of things about. And the last one was a doozy because she goes, he, he fought in the Korean war and I'm going, no, no. Cause everybody fought in world war II. Like he was my grandparents' generation. I didn't know he was younger than them. And I, I had no idea. And she said all these things about a flag of his funeral and stuff. The next day I went to his daughter's house. She confirmed everything. She's like, no, my dad did fight in Korea. And, um, you know, I couldn't wait to email Carol Ann. And I was like, that's just so cool. It's so cool. And the same with the teapot. You, you, you know, described a teapot my aunt had. Yes. The next day, I got a picture from my cousins. Mm-hmm. This was the teapot. Yep. So for me, that was a lesson in trust from spirit, right? Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. So you got to believe that you're right at some point. You know, you got to believe that you're correct in what you're saying and trust in what you're saying. And like I've said, some days are better than other. But Dana's great about emailing you and telling you, yeah, I did check it out. And it was great. And then you go, oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I get so excited when I can do that. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So where are you with your, I know you had this feeling yesterday, but where are you now with your trust and your mediumship? Where do you think that? Yes. Most of the time, overall, it's gotten a lot better. Like in the last, I'd say the last few months. And um, it's been like, I've no, I've noticed the biggest difference in the last, like, you know, cause we do in the progressive group. I mean, we have like three seminars, three weekend seminars a year. Um, that's what I've noticed the biggest difference in this last seminar I went to. I felt much more comfortable. I mean, I it, and it was never about the people in the group because they're all lovely and they, they're always supportive. But I literally felt myself the la- last year, like tensing up and not the words not able to come because I was like freaking out. And this time it was much, much different. Just being able to work in front of the group. And I'm like, okay, I'm trusting. I'm trusting that what I say is, is, some it it there's something there and i may be misinterpreting it or you know not understanding what i'm getting but that doesn't mean what i'm getting is not right correct so that was important for me the the distinction like no i'm not pulling it out of the air but i can i could look at something and it might be literal i'm taking it figuratively the other way around you know um Year, years ago, I joined this group who was great. The woman was great, but she just, she just, she had a loss in her family and she stepped away from mediumship. But she was also part of the Arthur Finley. She followed that tradition. And this was like right before COVID. And she had a friend and asked me to, um, she had a friend to, and she asked me to read him, to practice on him. I was so new. I didn't know anything. So she said, okay, I'm, re- I'm trying to get something for this guy. 
So she's, the woman said, pretend his, his, the person, his friend, the spirit, put something in your hand. What is it? And I looked down at my hand and I said, I'm seeing like a little tiny globe. And he started laughing. And I said, what the heck is that? And he goes, he literally changed himself, his name legally to the, the world. Oh my God. He was a performer. He was a performer and he cha- had his legally changed his name to the world. So I was in a store not too long after that. And I bought a little spongy globe and I have it as a reminder. To trust what you get. Yep. That's amazing. One of my favorite sayings is that mediumship is not for sissies. Do you, <laughs> how do you feel about that? I love that. I love that. So that's definitely true. Why do you think, why do you think that is? I mean, I think somebody has to really be very centered in their own beliefs about what it means to be in spirit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if people start getting in their head about this is a bad spirit, this is a good spirit, this is not, what are their motives? But, but there's that whole mess, right? Right. And, and then even beyond that, if they really, you really have to be willing to heal yourself and work on yourself because that will color your mediumship. It will, it, it, it just, that there's nothing good comes of that. You have to be the best in the best emotional and energetic shape you can be. I, I think that's, that. I think there's a lot to talk about there and yeah. we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue. Join angel medium and spiritual mentor Yvonne Cote, along with medium, counselor, and teacher Carolyn Dickinson as they explore the realm of spirits, angels, and archangels. This journey will have you open to new possibilities and encourage your own spiritual exploration so that you too can implement or build and strengthen your daily spiritual practices in order to achieve some form of transformation. There is an angel for that. Weekly episodes available on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to There is an Angel for That with Yvonne Cote and Carolyn Dickinson. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We're talking to the amazing Dana Michelli, who's going to have t-shirts made, I think, now that we've called her the amazing Dana. And we're talking about mediumship not being for sissies and why it's just kind of hard work. So why, Dana, go ahead and talk about that a little bit. Um, well, I think if you're not in a good place yourself and you're still always healing, right. But if you're not even aware that you have things to heal from, I think that's where the problem is. If you're like the subconscious stuff that's lurking, the shadow work that you haven't done on yourself, that's going to color everything in your life, including your mediumship. And then, you know, and then you're bringing other person, your, your, your sitter, the person you're reading for. You're bringing them into your, your, your mess, right? Um, so I think that's part of the reason why you have to work on yourself and at least get to the place where you're understanding what your wounds are and what you need to heal. You don't know, It's not about perfection or anything like that, but you have to have an awareness, I think. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. What about you, Yvonne? What do you think about that? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I know um, if we're speaking in terms of like just doing readings, I really need to be in um, a really good place. And to give you an example, like when we had things going on this summer, like wildfires and stuff, I had to stop. I had to tell people I can't. I just can't because you know why? I wasn't going to be able to be, I couldn't focus enough on just trying to be centered. And I was so worried about, do I have a home? Do I have a place? So I really believe that spiritual self-care, which we talked about as well, so important. And and to be in that right place to do it as well. And um, I know if I'm not in that right place, it it just, yeah, it, it doesn't work for me very well. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's kind of a double-edged sword mediumship because we have to be a sensitive and open and vulnerable in order to do the work. And we also have, because we're sensitive, open and vulnerable, the things that happen to us in our lives just on a daily basis, we're more sensitive, open and vulnerable to those things. So it's more important to do all the work stuff equally to keep ourselves being able to put our own stuff aside Mm -hmm. and, and, than to be able to do the work. So I think it's really important, Yvonne, and I, and I like that about, I love that about you actually is your integrity with your work. So if you're not in a good place to do your work, you say, Hey, I can't do it right now. And I think that takes an immense amount of awareness and integrity. Mm-hmm. Yes. What do you think, Dana? hundred percent. I mean, oh, well, I know Yvonne, the integrity is, you know, unmatched, but you know, it's like, she, that's her number one priority is to be authentic and bring her best to every single reading, whether it's a practice or a client, like a thousand percent. And, um, you know, I, I just feel the same way. Like you have to know, you have to know when it's just not right for you. You have to, like, to, to step away just because something's going on and the right people, clients will understand. They'd rather have you come as your best. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Yeah, let's let's postpone that for a couple of weeks and come back to it. Or even if the client is not in a good place to have a mm-hmm. reading, that's an important thing to know too. And I've had to do that. And it's a very difficult thing. Um, but sometimes when you start that conversation with them and you just know they won't be able to, the, the, the messages, they're just not in a place to receive them. I just knew... Um, there's been a couple clients just so grieving and sad. And I, and I totally get that. Uh, my best advice for them was just, you know, take that pause, take that break and do that proper healing. Because I knew no matter what I said to them that day, it was going kind of in one year, I think they were expecting to hear one thing in particular. And if you didn't say one thing, they didn't hear anything. And I right. want, and I know there was going to be beautiful messages coming in and I wanted it to be a beautiful experience. So sometimes it's a hard thing to do, but I've had to do it where I said, you know, maybe we should postpone this. Let's come back, you know, in a week or two, or let's talk and let's see how you're doing. And you know, at first I can say they were like, no, no, like, no, I need this. But they did wait because I didn't do the reading and they did come back and they said, you know what? You're absolutely right. I wasn't going to be able to listen to you. I was just going to be like, I need to know this. And if you didn't say the one thing, then nothing. And meanwhile, all the beautiful messages I came through. So it's a tough, like both, both, I, you know, the fitter and the medium have to be in a, a to me, a really good place. Yeah. And, and I, I think all of the things have to line up at the right time. And most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, 
those things do happen. Everything does align like mm-hmm. it's supposed to for the sitter to be in the great place, for the medium to be in the great place. But there's that 10% or maybe even 5% of the time where things need to go on pause. So just another great example of your level of integrity, Yvonne. Okay. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, and it's a tough thing to do because, you know, I yeah. love what I do and I want to do readings, but you have to, you know, if you do it and then they walk away and they're not happy, I mean, then what do you, you know, is it, was it that important? No, I think it's most important to make sure that they were okay in the right place. So, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's how I just feel. And, and I think that's the, the, the beauty of, you know, being a psychic medium, because you can feel that energy. You can, as soon as they come on that call, you can start feeling things and you know, oh, okay, this might not be the best time. So, right. Right. Dana, I want to ask you about if you've had any experiences when you were just starting out as a medium or realizing that you were, that you, that made you pause and go, Hmm, wonder what that was. Like when you were just becoming aware of your own talents. Um, well, something happened the other day again. It's funny that you're asking me that. (laughs) Um, so I remember, I don't, I, I, I haven't, I don't typically have experiences where I see things with my physical eyes. There have been a couple of times and there's one thing that's repeated and it's this flash of blue light a tiny little flash of blue light. Um, and it happened once years ago in Arizona, at my parents' house. I was like, what that? Every time I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, you think it's like something else. I don't know. And it's happened twice since then. And the other, it was the other day. This has been over years, three times over years. And I was standing in the mirror in my room, full length mirror. And it was like in the mirror, I saw it, but like by my legs this flash of a blue dot and I'm looking around seeing what could have reflected what could have and there's nothing I googled it it said something about angels yes I I gotta ask you guys about this there's an angel for that I'm not well versed enough in angels I mean I'm looking or just reading but I don't you guys tell me what you think because I don't know Yvonne I just saw Yvonne get the biggest smile on her face I'm gonna let I'm gonna let her feel that one you know, Dana, um, something similar happened to me a while ago too. And and prior, like after my near death experience, I didn't know anything about flashes of light or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I had no, I had no training. And for me, um, shortly after I started working with angels, I was um, uh, working under Doreen Virtue. And you know, out of the blue, like this, I started to see these little—I um, want to call them like little tiny fireworks. If you can imagine, like you know, you have Fourth of July, and, sh- and I had these little colors, and they would kind of just come and go, come and go. And blue was the first one that I saw too, and it was like. Sh- and at first, I was like, "Okay, what is that?" So mine is a little different. Like it wasn't on my leg or anything. It's just it, it's in my peripheral, but it's in my eye. But if you go to look to it, it's not there. You can't see it, but yet it's there, but it's not. And so. I thought I had something with my eyes <laughs> and I booked an appointment and I, you know, went to see the optometrist and I'm trying to explain this to him. And he's looking at me like, um, and I thought, okay, stop talking. Cause he's just not understanding. 
he checked my eyes. He said, your eyes are fine. There's no, you don't have any issues or diseases or anything. You're fine. And it, that's when I started understanding what Green Virtue was speaking about is these, these little flashes. And so I started working with that. And I started saying to the um, angels, like, if that's you, start showing me different colors as well, because each angel comes to me with a color. And so I started to really play with that, Dana, and I really started to tap in with it. So for me, the blue was always Archangel Michael. And now when I see those things, it's so cool because um, this happens like if we're going out driving or we're going to go do something. Um, sometimes if I see a little bit of blue where we're out, I'll know, okay, there might be something coming up ahead. Just be careful, pay attention. So, so cool. And that's one of the things that I teach when I teach about angels. Um, you know, everybody has different, you know, colors that go with angels. So if you see it, it might be somebody else, but really tap in and do a meditation and sit with that and ask Mark Ranger Michael, is that you? Is that you that's with me? And, you know, see what you get. But that's what I started doing. And it was so cool. And the colors were you know, now they come and they all, you know, so now I know which angel is around me. If I see That's interesting. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, if you see pink, it's somebody specific. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Each one of my angels has a color. And I know for me what the and some people have different colors for their angels. But if it's like a lighter pink, I have Archangel Ariel. If it's the darker pink, it's Archangel Shamuel. They each come with their own, you know, what what's what does that angel do and why is that angel around and what message is that angel so i always pay attention when i see that because i know they're trying to send me a message they're trying to communicate and so for me archangel ariel is with pets right and animals and lots of things too like more than just that but typically because i've been having some issues with our dog and uh just some things that are going on with him when i see that i know okay pay attention or turn to send me messages or something's going to happen or, you know, so yeah. And I always say to, when I work with students, just really tap into that color and that angel. And if they come to you in a blue and if it's a different angel that comes in, it's okay. If you say to me, Vaughn, that was Archangel Uriel, that came, then that's our, that whatever it is for you, Dana, it is for you. And don't, don't be like, but Yvonne said blue, was, you know, really tap I into what that. you feel. Um, but usually blue is, is our, you know, most people talk about that being Archangel Michael. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue. Join angel medium and spiritual mentor, Yvonne Cote, along with medium, counselor, and teacher, Carolyn Dickinson, as they explore the realm of spirits, angels, and archangels. This journey will have you open to new possibilities and encourage your own spiritual exploration so that you too can implement or build and strengthen your daily spiritual practices in order to achieve some form of transformation. There is an angel for that. Weekly episodes available on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to There is an Angel for That with Yvonne Cote and Carolyn Dickinson. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We're talking to the amazing Dana. We've been talking about angels and how they show up in their life. And Yvonne was was just talking about the ways they show up for her and Dana's own experience with that. But I had an experience right after my dad passed away 
when I didn't know about angels. And I think sometimes they show up with these flashes of lights and things like that to get our attention to say, okay, what was that? And for me, I know that I was laying in bed after it was the day of my dad's funeral and I was praying and asking for help. And at the, on the ceiling, on my ceiling, it was a very dark room. There was these beautiful blue, it would look like blue bubbles flowing over the my ceiling like a sea. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? I had no idea. And to me, now I know that that would be Archangel Michael because it was one of the things that started me wondering, okay, are there archangels? Are there angels? Are they real? So it did spark a journey for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, that that was life-changing when those kind of things started happening. I have to say yeah. that because all those times, you know how, Dana, we talked a little earlier too, like, am I a medium? Am I really getting these messages? Are they real? I mean, I know a lot of people that I work with too saying to me, how do we on? Like, how do I really know? Like, am I connecting? Is it real? Am I making it up? But, you know, I'm a true believer. And I, I do believe when you see that and it really catches your attention like that. And like you said, it wasn't something that was shining in. You know, there's messages in there for you. And the fact that you say to me, I was reaching out and I was actually asking for help. I, You know, that's your sign. And your angels always find ways to try to let you know. I mean, there's many ways to try to get in touch with you. But, you know, that was a way in, in just my opinion that he was saying, Hey, I'm here and you know, I'm listening and I'm guiding you and I'm helping you. And I always take those as comfort signs when they're there and they're like, yeah, yeah I'm supporting and I'm with you. So, and I'm sure you're seeing other signs around as well, numbers or, you know, other things or yeah, like angel numbers and all that kind of stuff, because I just feel like it's around you. That <laughs> but you yeah. guys are hitting on all of them today because I've been, the numbers have been insane lately particularly 44, 444, 44, everywhere, all day, all night, on the clock, license plates, you name it, everywhere. And 1111. But the fours are just, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And the fours are just a beautiful sign that your angels are around you and supporting you. That's my biggest thing. I mean, fours can mean a lot of things um, in numerology, like stability. You think of four Mm -hmm. corners, table, a chair, like a lot of that stuff. But when it comes to angels itself, I always know when I see the fours, that's just them saying, we are here. We're listening. We know you got some stuff going on. We're here. We're helping you pay attention to the signs. We're guiding you and supporting you along the way. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think, it's, oh, sorry. I think it's important too, Dana, to know that you, the reason a lot of this things are happening, because you said you've been asking for help, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, but I, you know, even with the signs, with the fours, I'm like, I'm seeing them so much that I'm like, I almost feel like they're trying to tell me to do something beyond saying they're, I mean, like they're here, but like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like they're telling me to get off my butt and do something, but what that something is, I don't know, but it's like, I'm seeing it so much. And if, if my grandmother has anything to do with this, she would definitely be saying, get off your butt. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So if she has any hand in this there, you know, she's definitely encouraging me to do something. I'm just, you know, well, your ones are trying all to figure out what it is. Yeah. Your ones are all about your new beginnings, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yep. And I mean, we talked earlier today about some new things that you might be wanting to do. And so, you know, mm. 
when you bring yeah. up those things and you put those out to the universe and then you see your ones. That's true. There they are, right? Yeah. So yeah. Getting some really good intuitive nudges. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Awesome. It's definitely fun. Good. Well, that's really exciting. I mean, wow, I love those kind of stories. I always go like, oh, every time somebody gets in touch with me, I mean, that's the thing that makes, I just, I love talking about angels. It's my thing. So yes, I do have a big smile on my face, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I keep thinking about the pink pig. And so I'm just going to tell on oh. myself a little bit. So yes. la our last time that we were together, um, I forgot to hit the record button. So we had this amazing experience with Yvonne's pink pig yet one more time. So Yvonne, you want to talk about what happened? Yeah, sure. I can do that. So yeah, we, we actually tried to record this podcast last week and when the podcast was done and over, I didn't say anything while we were recording it, but when we were done, um, I saw something behind Dana that was pink. And so just to give the listeners an idea, when I'm putting something out new, like I have this new program I'm bringing out, and I, I always ask my dad and my angels and my guides, can you show me a sign I'm on the right path? I always do this, okay? And for me, a pink pig is something that I, every now and again, I switch them around a lot, but I asked again for this pink pig. That's now, so I was weird. Very, very specific because I said, I knew last Saturday after we were done our podcast, we were going for a drive. I said, it can't be a pig in the in a field, just in case we saw one. If we play Monopoly tonight, it can't be that pink pig that's on the screen. It has to be something I've not seen before. Like I, I put my spirit team to work and I said, and if I'm on the right path, please show me that. Well, here we are doing this podcast and something catches out of the corner of my eye behind Dana. And after we were done, I said to her, I have to ask Dana, what's behind you on that shelf? And it's like way behind. But my gosh, I just kept feeling like it was a pink pig. And sure enough, here's the pink pig. Dana's like, I have to show you. And she gets up and she brings it. And so I always like, this is stuff when I teach and I talk about it, like you, it's okay. You can communicate. And if you have questions, put them out there, ask your team. If angels aren't your thing, it's okay. Ask, you know, I ask my dad all the time. I ask my spirit guides too, um, but ask for the signs and be specific and tell them, this is what I need to see. And you know, if they don't sh send them to you, then maybe you need to re, you know, relook at what you're doing and maybe I need to do it a bit different. So I was so amazed. There was my pink pig. And, and let me tell you, that is the pinkest pig I have ever seen. It is, right? <laughs> There's no I, doubting that make pink pig. <laughs> it makes a noise. Can I squeeze it? Yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah. Just so Look at that. Knows. That is not Here it me. Is. That is the pink pig. <laughs> Funnily enough, that was given to, my, from, to me by my dad because I like pigs. Oh, my goodness. It's beautiful. Yvonne, I also used a different device last week. You never would have seen it. If I used my phone, which was what I usually do, you wouldn't have even, the camera wouldn't even have been facing the pig. So it was, it was meant to be that you saw it. Yeah. I know. I know. That was really, really funny. Well, Dana, it has been such a pleasure having you here with us today on the show. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. It's been such an amazing conversation. So I'm really happy that you were here and able to join us today. And I'm sorry I did cut out for a little bit, but um, I'm back and I'm here. Now, for the listeners, if they want to get in touch with you, Dana, is, do you have an email or is there a way that they can, how could they reach out to you? Um, the best way to get me is through my email. It's uh, Dana at writersinthesky.com. Okay. That's my email. They can, go, they can go there and find me or my website is writersinthesky.com either way they can get me 
they can okay. contact me that way. Thank okay. you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you so much, both of you. Oh, no. Thank you for being here. We really, really enjoyed having you. Absolutely. It's been such a joy having you on. Yes. Thank you. And to our listeners, we really hope that the show has been inspirational and helpful for you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We're really looking forward to seeing you right here again on There is an Angel for That on Voice America, the Empowerment Channel. Angel blessings to you all, and I hope you have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to today's episode of There is an Angel for That. If you enjoyed today's show, please join us next week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, we wish you a beautiful week.